0: into the West,
1: old-time radio westerns that share the stories of the men and women who claimed the West, the cowboys and ranchers, the gunslingers and gamblers,
2: the lawmen and the lawbreakers.
1: These are the tales of the frontier of the intrepid pioneers who ventured
3: into
0: the West.
2: Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Lady Esther Screen Guild play tonight, the Oxbow Incident. The Starling Players,
0: this is Edward Arnold.
1: This is Harriet Davenport.
0: This is William I. And this is Jess Lee Brooks.
2: Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players in the 20th Century Fox picture, The Oxbow Incident, based on the novel by Walter Van Tilburg Clark. A realistic and absorbing study of what goes on in the minds of men when they form themselves into a mob. It stars Harry Davenport as Davies, Edward Arnold as Major Tetley, William Ithe as his son, Gerald, and Jess Lee Brooks as the Reverend Sparks. The Lady Esther Screen Guild Players in The Oxbow Incident.
1: I don't suppose many people remember it now It was back in 1885, you see A small thing, not much You might say just an incident The town looked almost deserted that day A few wooden shacks, a blazing sun, one dusty street, and nothing moving except an old, tired mongrel dog, until that cowhine came pounding down the road, pulled up his horse in front of Darby's saloon and yelled, Hey, men! Where's everybody?
4: Where are you, men?
1: The boys came piling out of the bar, and pretty soon, by the way they sounded, I could tell that something was wrong. So I left my place. I ran the general store, you see. And went right over to find out. Darby was the one who told me, standing behind the bar polishing glass. Someone got Larry Kincaid last night. They found him laying in a dry wash this morning. Dead? Shot right through the head. But who? Kincaid didn't have any enemies. Who'd do a thing like that? There's been a lot of cattle stolen this year. You mean rustlers?
2: Maybe. Maybe.
1: Jeff Farnley's taking it pretty hard. Him and Kincaid were buddies. Yes, I know. Then the other boys are kind of hot, too. They find them rustlers they might do something about. it—a lynching? I wouldn't be
3: surprised.
1: I'd seen things like that happen before. One minute just a crowd of men, the next minute a mob. You know, it's a funny thing about mobs... No one wants to be first. No one wants to be last. But just let someone start it off, and the madness spreads like a prairie flyer. I knew they wouldn't listen to me, so I sent a lad running to Judge Tyler. Pretty soon he was there, up on the steps facing the crowd. Believe me, men, I know how it is. My old friend Larry Kincaid, one of the finest and noblest gentlemen that that's ever.
5: Not the stumping, Judge. we got a job to do. All we want is
1: your blessing. Yeah, well, Conley, right. of course, you can't flinch from what you believe to be your duty, but this is something that should be left to the law. Uh, by the time the law gets ready to act, them rustlers will be over the rail. That's right. One more word out of you, Monty Smith, and I'll have you up for impeding justice. Judge, you can't impede what don't hardly move. And you, Jenny Greer, a woman, to lend yourself to a thing like this.
3: Ha ha ha! I <tell him>
1: <laughs> Listen, listen, men. The sheriff's down at Kincaid's right now. Judge, is that true? It sure is, Davies. He went down this morning. You see, men, everything's being attended to legally. You just have a long, hard ride for nothing. Now wait. It'll be dark soon. Mighty cold. My advice, to come inside. Have a drink and wait till we hear from the sheriff. What do you say? Drinks around on the house, men. One round on me. I'll up that, Dolly. I'll make it two. And I'll make it three. For everyone but Jenny Greer.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: we had them laughing. I was sure we'd won. Only just then we heard another voice. Level, hard,
5: and cold as ice. What's the matter, men? Disbanding?
1: Looks that way, Major Tetley. Brother Davies here just about convinced her. Of what,
5: Mr. Davies?
1: Why, why, it's useless to follow those men, Major. They could be over the Rio by now.
5: Yeah, but they aren't. As it happens, they went east by Bridges Pass. Through the mountains? That's right, finally. By way of the oxbow.
1: But that's 8,000 feet up. They'd be crazy to go that way.
5: Not so crazy, Mr. Davies, knowing how crazy it would look to us.
1: How come you're so sure, Major?
5: One of my riders saw him. He hid in the woods and let him pass. He thought it strange they should be driving cattle up there. Cattle? Any marks? Yes, finally. They carried the B bar eight. That's Kincaid's mark. I'm dirty rats. How many were there? Three of them. Strangers. My rider says he'd never seen them before.
1: But, Major, why were you so long in bringing us this word?
5: My son was out on the range. I knew he'd want to go along.
1: Gerald, is that correct?
5: I'm here, Father.
4: Isn't that all that counts? It counts for me. Barney. you
1: stay off that horse. I'm not asking you, Farnley. I'm telling you. Telling me what, Judge? Now, look, Jeff, you don't have to worry. This business will be taken care of. Yeah, and I know who's going to take care of it. Me. Oh, now, Jeff. Whoever shot Larry Kincaid ain't coming in here for you to fuddle with your lawyer's tricks for six months, Kincaid didn't have six months to decide if he wanted to die. You ready, Tetley? Major Tetley, you mustn't let this be a lynching.
5: It's scarcely what I choose, Davies.
1: Promise me you'll bring them in for a fair
5: trial. I promise I'll abide by the majority will of the posse. Well,
1: now, look here, Tedley, you know what's legal. You can't have a posse without a sheriff. What about me?
5: A... Yeah, what about you, Mapes?
1: I'm a deputy. Sheriff swore me in before he left this morning.
5: Well, in that case, Mr. Mapes, suppose you deputize the rest of us.
1: You huh? can't. It's illegal. No deputy can deputize. What do you think, Major? Well, that's good enough for me. Uh, me too, Butch. Go ahead and pry. Butch, yeah. Mapes, you're violating the law. Raise your right hand.
4: I hereby solemnly swear I'm sworn in as a deputy in the case of the murder of Larry Kincaid, and I'm willing to abide by the decision of the majority, so help me God. Say I do.
5: I do. All right, men. Shake your guns and horses. we leave here in exactly ten minutes.
3: Right. Next five party!
1: ain't Every day we get a hanging in the town as dead as listen. Hey, you coming, Sparks?
0: Uh, no, sir, Mr. Smith. I don't guess so. Well,
1: why not? We ought to have a reverend along. going to be some praying to do. <laughs> Lay off him,
0: Smith. Uh, excuse me, Mr. Davis. Maybe he's right.
1: He's joking, yes, Sparks.
0: I-, I know, sir, uh, but maybe someone ought to go that feels the way I do. Well, sure, Davis can lend you his Bible, so you
1: keep the burial fit and proper.
0: Uh, thank you, sir, but I knows my text without the book.
1: You can take a horse from my shed, Sparks. Come along. We'll get him out. Thank you, sir. Sparks. Yes, sir. Can that kid of yours ride?
0: Sure kin, Mr. Davies, just like an Indian.
1: Then he's the only one who can go. Why, sir? What to? Down to Kincaid to get the sheriff. Gerald, wouldn't your father want you to be riding up with him? Sure. I suppose
3: so.
4: Major Tetley and Son riding out of the head of the pack. You don't like this thing, do you? How can you like it? Going out to hunt men like coyotes or rabbits. We're very brave, aren't we? Twenty-eight of us sticking together, trying to tell ourselves we're noble and right. Not one of us willing to cut and run because we're afraid somebody might think we're yellow.
1: You don't feel that way, did you, Winnie? Why did you come? Because I'm weak. My father's strong. That's hell. You understand how that's hell? You didn't start this. It isn't your fault, son. If we get those men and
4: hang them, I'll kill myself. I won't go on living remembering I saw it and was a part of it myself. You could still go home. No, I can't. Even if I could, it wouldn't matter. I I don't count.
1: Gerald! I'm coming, father. Say, Davies, I just heard that Tetley kid sounding off. What's feeding on him anyway? Lots of things, I guess. You know, he's not much like his father, Darby. He's soft. Besides, he's been sick a lot. Likes to stay by himself and read. Uh, I don't sound right bright in the head to me. Maybe not. But how would you feel if you knew your own father hated you?
0: Mr. Davies. That you, Spark? Mind if I sit with you a bit while we stop?
1: Not at all. I was feeling rather lonesome myself. More
0: cold, ain't it, sir?
1: Yes. It'll be worse later.
0: Yes, sir. Mr. Davis, I sure wish we was out of this business.
1: So do the others, but they're afraid to admit it.
0: It's none himself the Lord's vengeance.
1: Do you think the Lord knows what's happening up here tonight?
0: Yes, sir. He marks the sparrows fall. I saw my own brother Lynch, Mr. Davis. I was just a little fellow then...
1: Had he done what they... what they picked
0: him up for? We didn't any of us ever know.
1: They lynched him without being sure.
0: Oh, they made him confess. But it wouldn't have done no good if he didn't confess and just made it shorter, that's all.
1: Yes. It happens that way sometimes. Time to move on, men. Come on, let's go. (laughs)
5: Must be them up ahead. You can see their campfire. Would they be showing a fire if they were on the run? Well, they would if they thought they weren't being followed, Davies. Now, men, let's not have any shooting or rough work until they've got a chance to tell it their way. The one that got Kincaid is mine. Don't forget that, Major. I won't, Farley. He's yours when you're sure. Gerald! You come up with me. Mapes. You take six men and work around from the back. We'll close in simultaneously. Mr. Davies, uh, would you like a gun? No, thanks. Uh, Mr. Sparks, notes of major. Thank you, to see. As you choose. All right, boys, let's go. And good luck.
1: There were three of them, camping right along the oxbow. A young fellow, an old man, and a Mexican. They were sound asleep when they rode in on them, but it didn't take long to wake them up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what is it? What's the matter?
5: Don't move, young man. And put your hands up. The rest of you, too. You, Mex. No, sir. Be... That's all right, brother. You will. yell their guns.
4: What are you trying to do? What do you want from us? We don't want nothing. This ain't no stick-up, mister. This is a posse. Yeah. But we haven't done anything.
5: That remains to be seen. Gerald! What? You fool, don't get between him and my gun.
4: What's all a mystery? Why don't you tell us what we're being held for?
5: I'd rather you told us.
4: Told you what? What are you talking about? Rustling. Ever hear of it? Rustling?
5: And murder. Murder? Ain't we had enough, Palaver? Let's get it done and go home. That'll
1: do, finally. Uh, Who says so? Who we'll picked you to be, boss, anyway? We got him. I say let's swing him before we all freeze to
5: death. Uh, all right, there's a fire over there. If you're cold, go warm yourself. Uh. All right, men. Bring the prisoners over to by the fire. I'll question them there. All
1: right, come on, on your
5: Mr.
0: Davies.
1: Yes, boss?
0: Do you think the sheriff's going to get here in time?
1: That's what I've been worrying about. Suppose he doesn't get here at all.
2: Esther has presented Act One of the Oxbow Incident, starring William Ives, Jess Lee Brooks, Harry Davenport, and Edward Arnold. In just a moment, we will hear the Lady Esther Screen Guild players in Act Two. But first, a word from our hostess, Lady Esther.
6: Have you ever seen a woman change completely? Change from a drab little mouse to someone radiant? Well, I saw such a change only recently. I met a rather timid, plain little woman at a party. Her skin was so poor and so unattractive that she all but hid in a corner rather than face people. She knew who I was, and several times I caught her glance. About a month later, I happened to run into her again. Well, this time I stared, and I could hardly believe my eyes. My shy little acquaintance had become a charming, attractive woman. I wish you could have seen her skin. It looked simply radiant, so smooth and fresh that she actually looked years younger. And her whole personality reflected the change, even the way she walked and... Held her head. When I saw you at that party, she told me happily, I suddenly remembered all the things I'd heard you say on the radio about Lady Esther face cream. And Lady Esther face cream is all I've used since. Every morning and every night. Why don't you try Lady Esther four-purpose face cream? It's all you need for complete beauty care. Because it does not one thing, but all four your skin needs most to be its loveliest. It cleans thoroughly. It softens your skin. It helps nature refine the pores and it leaves a wonderful smooth surface for powder to cling to. Women all over the world have written me that Lady Esther Face Cream does more to beautify their skin than any cream they've ever used, even at five times the price.
1: It was Major Tetley who questioned the prisoners. Very formal, very quiet. Too formal, too quiet. There was something unhealthy about it. Something horrible. Deep down inside, he was enjoying himself. He took the young fellow first, the one who seemed to be the boss.
5: What's your name, young man? Donald Martin. Where are you from? Pike's hole.
1: That's a lie. Mr. Smith, Mr. Smith. I get around Pike's a whole lot. I've never seen this fella before. I just moved in
4: three days ago. Dave Baker's place. I bought it in Los Angeles last month. I gave him $4,000, sight unseen. And then, brother, you've been robbed. But my family's there right now, my, my wife and kids. Why don't you take me back and let me prove it? I'm, I'm entitled to a trial.
5: You're getting a trial. The 28 of the only kind that judges, murderers, and wrestlers get in this country you have any cattle up there with you? I won't ask you again. Yeah. I got 50 head. Where'd you get them?
4: Mr. Kincaid.
1: That's what we figured, son.
4: I didn't steal them. Honest. I bought and paid cash for them.
5: You got a bill of sale?
4: Mr. Kincaid was out on the range. He, he said he'd mail the bill of sale to me.
5: Conley. Yeah? How long have you known Larry Kincaid? Ever since we were kids? You ever know him to sell any cattle without a bill of sale? Never.
1: But he did.
4: He'd tell you himself. Why don't you ask him?
1: Quit bluffing. You know that Larry Kincaid can't tell us anything. Why not? Because he's dead. That wasn't enough for Tetley. He had to have his fun with the other two. The old man and the Mexican. But the old man just kept blubbering.
5: I, I didn't do nothing. I, I don't want to die. I, I don't want to die in the dark. And the
1: Mexican kept on insisting stubbornly... Uh, no sabe, senor. No sabe. And still young Martin, stuck by his gun, refused to change his story one bit. I tell you, Kincaid was alive yesterday afternoon. He sold me those cattle to
4: stock my place. Don't you believe me? Why do you have to blame it on me? Who gave you the right? Who set you up here?
5: The sheriff?
1: That's not true, Major Tuttle. The sheriff didn't even know we were coming.
4: No, but I did.
5: <laughs> and that's right, maids. Mr. Davies, perhaps I should have said the deputy sheriff. <laughs> that makes it quite legal, I believe. Now, right? listen. Oh, listen,
1: men. I'm not trying to obstruct justice. But this lad is only asking what he's entitled to. A fair trial. Martin, you say you're innocent. And I,
5: for one, believe you.
1: That makes you the only
5: one, Davies. All right, men, time up. Right, you don't mean you're going to... You can't.
4: I got some kids. One of them's just a baby. Just give me some time. That's all I want, a little time. You've had too much already. i got to write a letter.
1: If you're human, you'll give me time for that. Major Tetley, that's not so much to ask.
5: Mm, I believe you may have a point, Mr. Davies. Mates, what time is it? Five after
1: three.
5: Uh, gentlemen, uh, gentlemen, just a moment, just a moment. Uh, we don't want to give anyone cause for complaint. With your permission, we will wait until daylight. That'll give Reverend Sparks the time to settle his business at leisure. <laughs>
1: He gave the letter to me, Major Tetley, asked me to take it to his wife. If you'd only read it, it's such a fine letter.
5: No, well, I'm not disputing that, Mr. Davies. But if it's uh, an honest letter, it's none of my business to read it. And if it isn't, I have no interest in it. Won't
1: any of you read it? Any of you? Why not? Is it because you don't want to know the truth? It's a beautiful letter. If you just read it, you'll know he's not the kind of man who could steal or kill.
5: That kind of an argument don't stand up against branded cattle and no bill of sale. I was just hoping, gentlemen, it's daylight.
1: Major Tetley, I warn you, if we hang these men and they're innocent, we're due to be hanged ourselves.
5: Well, then well, I suggest we act as a unit, so there can be no question of mistaken reprisals. Uh, Mr. Davies, are you willing to abide by a majority decision? Hmm. How about the rest of you?
3: Sure. Very well. All
5: who agree with Mr. Davies for putting this off and turning it over to the court, step over here. Mr. Davies, one. And the me, Mesa. Sparks, that's two. Well, me too, I guess. Mr. Darby? Count me. I'm with Mr. Davies. Gerald! Anyone else? Four of you. Four, Mr. Davies. Hardly a majority. Come on, what are we waiting for? Finally, we'll do this in an orderly manner. Uh. Now you tie the hands behind them. Put them up on their horses. The second limb on that oak will hold them all. Smith, you get up there and tie the ropes.
2: Oh well, Major.
5: Finally, we'll whip one horse out. You better will. Mapes will whip the second. Right, Major. And Gerald, you'll whip the third.
1: I could see it now, the terrible, quiet cruelty of the man, forcing his son, a boy like Gerald, to be an executioner. But it was fate, I thought, that Gerald should fail in this once again. At the very last moment, the boy turned away, sobbing and choking, until Tetley stepped forward, struck him down with his gun, and whipped the third horse out himself. Then, as those three figures kicked convulsively in the air, he turned to Farnley, very quietly.
5: Finish him, Farnley.
1: done with. Now we can get hey, back. Hey, you yeah. there. What's going on? Hey, uh, it's the sheriff. What's up, huh? It's all the shooting for. There they are, sheriff. We got them all right. Got who, Apes? What are you talking Kincaid's about? Kincaid's murders. got all three of them. Yeah, hung them, too. Uh, you must be local. Larry Kincaid ain't dead. What? Not dead. dead. But but we thought. I just left Kincaid with the doctor. I got the fellas that shot him, too. But sheriff, uh, these fellas, they they're Larry's cattle no bill of sale. Give me your badge, mate. Oh, sure, sure. Mr. Davies. I know you well enough to know you didn't have anything to do with this. I'm depending on you to tell me who did. All but four. John well, God better have mercy on the rest of them, or they ain't going to get any from me. I'll meet your Judge Tylers in the morning.
5: Yeah, uh, gentlemen, under the circumstances, I think we'd better return to our homes. going into my study, Gerald. I wish to be alone.
4: I want to talk to you first. I have
5: no desire to discuss anything with you.
4: No. Because you've got an idea what I want to say. You loved it, didn't you? I saw your face, the face of a depraved and murderous beast. You knew in your heart those men were innocent. But you were cold crazy to see them hang. To make me see it, too. Go ahead. Go into your study. Go and hide behind your door, Major Tetley. That won't do you any good because I know the truth about you now. I'm not the coward in this family. You are. You're the coward. You're the... Killing yourself doesn't change it.
1: What's the matter? Don't, don't anyone want to buy a drink? I ain't running this saloon for
5: my health, you know. Uh, I don't feel like a drink right now. Oh, uh, no, it's a funny thing. And me either.
1: Would some of you boys like me to tell you why? Uh, lay off, Davies. Because off. I asked you to read a letter and you wouldn't. You wouldn't even listen to it. But you're going to listen to it. You're going to listen to it now. I'm going to read it to you. It says, My dear wife, Mr. Davis will tell you what's happening here tonight. He's done everything he can for me. I suppose there are some other good men here, only they don't seem to realize what they're doing. They're the ones I feel sorry for. They'll have to go on remembering this all their lives. A man just naturally can't take the law into his own hands and hang people without hurting everybody in the world. Because he's not only breaking one law... But all laws. Law is a lot more than words you put on a book. Or judges or lawyers or sheriffs you hire to carry it out. It's sort of like the conscience of the whole world. And when you hit at that, you hit at everybody, everywhere. There's more, but it's kind of personal. I don't think he'd want me to read it to you. Besides, I think you've heard enough. Yeah. Yeah, I... I gotta be going anyway. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's getting late. Let's go. Come on. They're gone now. The town looks almost deserted again. A blazing sun, one dusty street, and nothing moving except an old, tired, mongrel dog. It won't be remembered very long. A small thing, not much. You might say... just an incident. Sweet.
2: Thank you, Edward Arnold, Harry Davenport, William Iath, and Jess Lee Brooks for a deeply stirring and challenging story. Your appearance here with the Lady Esther Screen Guild Players makes possible the work being done by the Motion Picture Relief Fund and its country house and clinic. And the entire industry joins us in thanking you for your participation. We'll tell you about next week's show in just a moment, but first, a word from one of America's foremost beauty authorities, Lady Esther.
6: If you want proof... Quick, dramatic proof that Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream does something really special and exciting for your skin. Don't forget to make my 30 second test. In half a minute, you will know, you will see with your own eyes and feel with your own fingertips how much more Lady Esther Face Cream does for your skin than any other beauty preparation, no matter how much you may have paid for it. Just apply a little Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream to one side of your face, one cheek. Rub it in well. And then wipe it off. Wipe it completely from your skin. Now compare the two sides of your face and see how much more alive and radiant one side looks than the other. Feel it. Feel how much smoother, how baby soft it's become to the touch of your fingertips. I don't ask you to take my word. I ask you to prove what I say. Prove to yourself in 30 seconds how much this one cream does to beautify your skin. I know that once you try Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream, you'll say goodbye to elaborate beauty routines. Remember, all you need is this one jar of cream, Lady Esther Four Purpose Face Cream.
2: Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present It Happened Tomorrow. It will star Linda Darnell, Frank Craven, and Dick Powell. Be sure to listen. Edward Arnold is one of the stars appearing in the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Technicolor production, Kismet. Harry Davenport appeared through the courtesy of W.R. Frank Productions and is currently working in their picture, A Boy, a Girl, and a Dog. William I. appeared through the courtesy of 20th Century Fox and can now be seen in the Daryl F. Zanuck Technicolor Production, Wilson. Music on tonight's program was arranged and conducted by Wilbur Hatch. Your druggist should have Lady Esther for purpose face cream. If he hasn't, all he need do is write or wire Lady Esther Chicago and he will be supplied. Truman Bradley speaking for Lady Esther, saying thank you and good night. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.